Hello and welcome to Babe Cave. I am Amanda Pollock and this is the Carpe DM episode. So coming off of last week uh, with Jackie and Ozzy and the Around the World episode, which was not only awesome to have the, the first male <laughs> voice on Babe Cave, but I really appreciated the, uh, the honesty of what it is to not only go on a trip honoring your father who passed away and going to all of the places that he wanted to go when he retired and he couldn't and and what that kind of journey for Ozzy was uh, with Jackie by his side but then also uh, the, the truth about what it is to, you know, travel with a spouse and uh, expectations and uh, compromise and trust. And, you know, I um, it's funny when I was listening back to it, which I, I listen back to every single episode, but I, I realized too how uh, awesome it is sometimes to be around people who just get you. So if you found it to be very giggly and... Um, a little <laughs> um, inside jokey. I uh, I would say that I apologize, but I'm not apologizing. But I um, there were things that I could have taken out of it. But you know, Jackie is one of my oldest friends in the world, and I think there's something really uh, tender about sometimes being around people who just you love and they get you. And so anyway. All of that to say, the episode from last week, I it got me rethinking about a topic that I have thought about a lot, and that is mortality. <laughs> and you know, as I as I get older, and my family members and other people get older. Um, you you do you start to know people who are losing parents, losing more grandparents, losing aunts and uncles, and um, you know what does that really do to a person? You know what are the things that kind of where are you wanting your life to go? I mean, I can say for myself that I've thought had a lot of time to reflect, especially the last few years, and and thinking about what those end years days would be. How do I want to live my life now with the people who are around me and taking advantage of every moment? Because we know that our time here is short, but we don't know how short. And I think that so often we get caught up in our own lives and our own things that we're doing that we don't see that it's a long game, hopefully. But we have to make the most of opportunities while we have them. And one thing that kind of keeps coming back to me is like regrets of the old or the dying. And uh, I think I've mentioned this before, but Gary Vee has said that if you want to know what regret looks like, go to a nursing home and talk to a 90-year-old person who never got to live the life they really wanted. And there's a book by uh, Bronnie Ware and it's called Five Regrets of the Dying. And I I heard about this book a few years ago and have recently kind of dived into 
her five regrets. Um, Bronnie was a, um, a hospice nurse, so there were common regrets that she saw through all of her patients and then wrote this book. And I, I believe it was like first a blog post and then it got turned into a book. But it's, it's really fascinating because as I was reading it, I was like, oh, I can even see how people who I know who have passed away, that that was probably one of their regrets or that was something they thought about. Uh, number one is I wish I'd had the courage to live a life true to myself, not the life others expected of me. And she said this was the most common regret out of everyone, that huh, when people got to the ends of their lives, they realized like all of the dreams that they had unf that were unfulfilled. And she made the point that once your health is declining in, in a way where you have to go into hospice or you are uh, being seriously monitored, you don't have a hope of, you know, starting that business, starting that blog. You don't have a hope of going on that trip. You don't have a hope of, you know, seeing um, a long lost family member unless they come to you. I mean, besides like FaceTime or whatever, but like there are, there are specific things that you lose access to. So, and I've never really had this problem. Uh, anyone who really, <laughs> I mean, my family and friends could tell you that Amanda's going to do what Amanda's going to do, but I know that not everyone has that that you might have an expectation of a role that you play uh, in your community or in your family, that uh, people expect you to do certain things to show up in a certain way, but you always have to ask yourself, how are you showing up for yourself? Because if you're not really showing up for yourself in the things that your heart is calling you to do, things that you have on a bucket list somewhere, you owe it to yourself to maybe start putting away a certain amount every month. Maybe it's $5. Maybe it's $10. I don't know. But you owe it to yourself. You know, I don't know why we, we get caught up in living for other people because uh, for the most part, other people aren't paying our bills. Other people aren't the ones who have to like deal with the repercussions of not doing something or even doing something. People get really concerned, and I say this because I know, as a creative, I have heard uh, the, the gamut has been run on quote-unquote safe jobs that I should do. Oh, you should really go to school for nursing. That's a good backup plan. Oh, you're kind of doing, um, you're doing enough. Right now, why would you need to reach further? I had someone tell me this recently. Why would you need to, you know, um, try and um, build your podcast more? Why would you try and, you know, reach more people? Why are you thinking about these new business ideas? What you're doing right now is okay. Now, if I listened, that would be living the life that other, people's expe other people expected of me. But that's not who I am. And I know deep down that's not who you are. So... Number one, I wish I'd had the courage to live a life true to myself, not the life others expected of me. Number two, 
I wish I hadn't worked so hard. And Bronnie said that this came more from men as she was dealing with hospice patients who are from, are most likely from a different generation if they were in hospice simply because of age. But when you think about this, and I think about this now too with like, you know, the the busyness of our lives and, you know, now people are, they are empowered by the internet. So the internet is a beautiful thing and it's a terrible thing in some ways because where with other jobs previously, you could have clocked out and you're done. No one can reach you until the next time you come into the office. I recently had an experience like this. Um, Someone was emailing constantly. (laughs) Like on a weekend and for this particular gig, I do not work on the weekends. Um, And wanting my cell phone number and wanting this and wanting that. And I mean, I really just wanted to direct them to the boundaries episode, which is still one of your favorites, um, or a favorite, but, uh, there are times when you're, you just shouldn't work. There's a time where it's like answering this one email isn't going to make anything accelerate, right? It's not, you're just constantly putting out fires. And now, especially with like Instagram and Facebook and you know, email and whatever. You go on vacation and you're still technically working. People still check their emails. They don't put a vacation responder on. They have this thing where, no, because everyone else is working all the time that, you know, then you have to be working. It's not true. It's just not true. And I I had someone, I had this conversation a while ago with someone about you know, owning a business and what that really was. And I know that not everyone who listens to this owns a business, but I know a lot of you have other goals from maybe what it is that you're doing right now. Even if you love what you're doing, you always dream a little bit bigger. And so so this person was talking about uh, owning a business and how, you know, you're always on, you know, and that you always have to be available and, and all of these things. And I believe that you create the business that you create. So if you create something where you are available by cell phone, 24 hours a day, essentially whatever it is, it's likely that, I mean, that you've created that and you've allowed that. I mean, I, my dad has a business, so I've seen, so I've seen that and He also sends out, his is a service business where he shows up and uh, he has a a landscaping business, but, you know, he shows up and he has to do a job. So it's like, yeah, if he doesn't show up, it's just a, it's a different thing. But I would say in some ways he has like cutoffs for when he would accept phone calls, um, doesn't give out a cell phone number, uh, he, you know, you leave a message on his business line and he'll call you back when he calls you back. He will call you back. But, you know, everything that we think is so urgent normally isn't. 
I mean, there's some times where there's like, an, very rarely do I ever remember a customer like having an emergency. But, you know, if there's an emergency, like that's, people act as if everything is an emergency now, which I think then accelerates us believing that we always have to be answering these emails and, you know, oh, well, if they sent me three emails in a row, then this means that, you know, it's really urgent. Well, maybe it's urgent for them, but maybe it's not urgent for you. Create some boundaries and create some space. Because the truth is, is that for the most part, there, yes, there's times where you're going to be busier than normal. But most often, when you're working so much, sometimes you're not even getting that much done. I mean, seriously. Think about that. I know, and I've talked about this on the busy episode. Whew. But sometimes people are just working longer hours just to look like they're working longer. They're not using their time wisely, so it ends up that they're taking longer on projects. So don't work so hard. I mean, take vacations, take those moments, take those things, like set some space because you, ultimately you create your life. I think so many times we believe that life is happening to us instead of for us. And if you don't have the space where you can say, well, I'm not responding to emails for a week and you have it set up so that your business and everything is okay for you to be gone for a week. Like if you're not able to do that, I, I mean, you might have to reevaluate some things. Or if you're never able to take a vacation or you're never able to sign off at five or six o'clock and be done for the day, I mean, think about it. Think, think about what you're really working for. And if it's worth giving up some other things like time with your family, whatever it is. I think also we say yes to so many things that, and then you can go back to the no episode, but we say yes to so many things because we believe that we're supposed to be doing all of, you know, a lot. But the more you say no to other people, the more you can say yes to yourself. And I think that simplifying a lot of things, we make things way complicated. I know, because I do it myself. But so number two, I wish I hadn't worked so hard. I had a lot of feelings about that one. Number three, I wish I'd had the courage to express my feelings. Again, this is one that I don't relate to. Uh, I express my feelings all the time and it scares some people. However, I have noticed that, um, and, and, and Bronnie makes this point that so many people like suppress their feelings to keep peace with others. That is not a character trait that I identify with. Not that you can't have tact and not that you can't have, uh, you know, yeah, I mean tact and know how to be gentle with people. But I've also found that so many people are afraid with honesty and directness. Someone told me one time that, well, you know, I'm just not like you. I, I just want to keep the peace and I just want everyone to be okay. To which I responded, and that's how you breed resentment. And it's true. And, and I don't know what it is um, so much. And I, I know that there's different personality types. And there's some who are like, 
who are peacemakers, but, you know, not bringing up your feelings or not addressing something that has hurt you or is creating tension with other people, it never fixes the problem. And, and I've noticed this with especially, uh, Thank you. I think you also, you notice this, especially with people who are getting older. Like there's a point where your grandparents, you're like, what is up with them? They don't care. You know, all of a sudden they have all of these feelings. They're expressing all of these things. And you're like, but I always knew, you know, grandma, grandpa, or whoever as, you know, just being super cordial and being super, you know, just happy and, you know, not making a fuss about things. And part of me wonders if there's a thing, like, once you get to a certain age, you're just like, I'm tired of making, you know, like, it's not working anymore. You're tired of doing things for other people or making other people's lives, quote unquote, easier and not speaking up for yourself. Like, I wonder. I don't know if that's the the thing, but I do, I do wonder. And Ronnie also brings up this point, which I think is very important, um, that she said that a lot of people had developed illness relating to bitterness and resentment that they carried. So because they didn't have the courage to express their feelings, they lived what she would call like a mediocre existence. And, you know, you're just suppressed. I mean, think about that. I'm sure that you can think of friends who are like, well, I just wouldn't want to say anything to their partner because I don't want to, you know, start a fight. I don't want to, you know, I, I want to do this thing, but I don't want to, you know, I, I don't, I don't want to start anything. I don't want to cause problems. Okay. So we're supposed to suppress all of our feelings and all of our things so everyone else can be okay. You're not a martyr. Like, let's just get that out of the way. Like, you're not a martyr. And by not saying stuff, you're not, better than other people. You're not more righteous. You are just living a life that is not your own. Shots fired. And because, and Bronnie makes the point, you can't control other people's reactions. You really can't. But, and people, and this goes back to boundaries. Everything goes back to boundaries. That initially, when you start to express yourself and you say things, you know, maybe it's like, hey, that, you know what, that's not okay. I don't really like that you're not valuing my time. Hey, you know what? I um I want to make time if you you know tell your partner, "Hey, I want to make time uh for myself to take this dance class. This is something that I really want to do." And they kind of push back or something and you say, "This is really important to me. Like I'm not really going to let this go." Or if there's some kind of behavior that comes up, um if people accept it, like they might be resistant to it at first, but if they really love you, and they really want a healthy relationship with you, they will find ways to compromise and they will find ways to correct behavior or, you know, really sit down and, and work through whatever it is. And the people who are resistant and don't want you to change, those are unhealthy relationships. Uh, and as Brawny says, either way, you win. With that, like, either way, you win. So number four... I wish I had stayed in touch with my friends. Now, um, she she says that a lot of her patients, they didn't, you don't realize the value of old friends until it's like your last 
your last moments and how, yes, a lot of people want to make sure that their finances are okay and whatever, but so many times, like, someone that you, who you were really close with, you can't find them in those final weeks. It's, you can't. Um, it, it takes so much time to track down that it becomes almost impossible. And she makes the point, too, of that we get so caught up in our lives that you, you get caught up in your lifestyle of the day-to-day and you're like, I just don't have time for this. I don't have time. I, I hear this a lot, especially from friends with kids or husbands and wives or, you know, whatever it is. Like, you become, you isolate yourself so much because you're just in your little world of um, kind of, you know, your little family. And... Not saying that family is not important, but I don't believe that you can be around the same few people all the time anyway, that you need the injection of other people and friends and community that it, the when you create your isolation with just like your nuclear family, that it doesn't breed growth. It doesn't make you more loving. I'm a quality time. That's my love language. But also, like, you can't spend time with the same people all the time. Like, and and friendship, uh, I mean, there's research to show that especially the reason why women live longer is because they're more social. They keep up with their friendships. Uh, men, as they get older, typically have less friends. They don't feel a need to go and and make friends and have that social time, which I would say that everyone needs that social time, you know, the because you have someone to bounce things off of. You have, you know, that's that's a whole other thing. But but number four, I wish I had stayed in touch with my friends. So think about someone who you've been wanting to reach out to. Just reach out to them. I mean, I have (laughs) I mean, I do the best that I can with things. And, um, you know, sometimes there's only like a handful of people who you're like, okay, these are the ones who I need to be talking to. But write a letter, send a note, send a message, say, hey, let's meet up. Hey, because also the older that you get, the more you do have to schedule some time. I mean, that's sadly a reality of some things. You might have some friends who you can be like, hey, what are you doing? Would you want to go you know, get a cup of coffee. I'm in the area, whatever it is, but you have to make an effort. It's not just going to happen. You know, the, the older we get, the busier we get. So you just have to carve out time. And I, I try to carve out like different times where I'm like, okay, I need some bread time. I need some whatever, because even if you don't have a nuclear family, like, like I'm single, I don't have kids. I still have to schedule time with people. You know, I also have things. So don't let those friendships go. You, you have to work at them because especially like, you know, if a, if a partner passes away, your children move away, what, then you're going to go ahead and like track down all of your friends who you haven't spent time with. That's not really cool. So, I mean, that kind of happens anyway, but you know, Keep those friendships, like, keep them, 
keep them as a way to make you sane, though. I also think that, you know, sometimes people think that friendship is a luxury. That's something I've noticed. People think that friendship is a luxury. And it's like, no, I think friendship is a necessity. And and you will make uh, whatever you believe is important a priority. And then number five, I wish that I had let myself be happier. And she she said this was a surprisingly common one that a lot of people didn't realize that happiness was a choice and that they were stuck in this comfort zone and these old patterns and that the kind of familiarity um, overflowed into their emotions and physical lives. So they had fear of changing um, and kind of just um, stepped into this role that wasn't really meant for them, which goes back to other regrets, but that it kind of, you know, led into getting comfortable and not having um, the, the courage just to live happy and be silly and live life to the fullest that you are, if you are around, and this kind of goes to like, you are the sum of the five people who you spend the most time with. But like, if you're around people who are also complaining about life, who uh, say things like, you know, oh, well, that must be nice, but you know, I don't have the time for that. Oh, that must be nice. But, you know, if it comes to working out, which I think is a big thing, you know, I believe physical activity uh, improves your your life in so many ways. Uh, Or, you know, going to a restaurant or a trip or whatever it is. You have those, there are, I'm sure you can think of people around you who are like, nope, I'm set in my ways and these are the things that we do and I'm never going to think outside of the box, la, 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 la. So sometimes you kind of fall in line with the people who you are around. You're like, well, I wouldn't want to say this thing because they would laugh or they wouldn't get it. Oh, and that goes, it doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter how old you are. You, you will always have people around like that and you're allowed to be happy. You're allowed to be silly. You're allowed to live a life that you actually want because you're not going to care what other people think. Like, why why should you live in some subcontent world? And I'm not talking about, like, not being grateful for the things that you have. I'm not talking about any of that. But there are people who are just, like, living in sleep mode. And I'm sure, I'm sure there are people who just, like, popped up and you thought about. And there are so many people who are just, like, just going along, just doing this life, and they're not really thinking about how magical life is, how uh, amazing you probably have it, and you you might not even think about it, like what advantages you have over someone else. What are the things that you could actually do today to, you know, make it a bit better? I used to work at um, uh, one of my jobs years ago, we had, um, like, a, it was, like, a senior manager or one of the CEOs, some C-suite person, and I remember he said, you decide 
to have a good day at work and a good day in general. He said, there is no like other things happening. So you have a good day. He's like, when you show up to work, like you decide that you have a good day. It is about your mindset. It is about those things. And so, you know, with number five, I wish that I had let myself be happier. Choose happiness. Choose, hey, you know what? Maybe things are a little bit rough. They're whatever. I'll figure it out. Today is going to be a good day. I'm sure you've seen a sign. Um, it's like, today is a good day for a good day. And I believe that. You know, I think that so much of our lives are choice. And I think you should choose and not chase things as we tend to do, uh, as we tend to believe that chasing busyness or, you know, other people's expectations are the things that are going to make us happiest. But when you choose, then you're, you're empowering yourself and you're giving yourself permission to live a life that you actually want to be living. And she, Bronnie, um, says something very similar where she says, life is a choice. It is your life. Choose consciously, choose wisely, choose honestly, choose happiness. So to recap, (laughs) number one, I wish I'd had the courage to live a life true to myself, not the life others expected of me. Number one, did I say number two? I don't know. Number one, (laughs) I wish I had the courage to live a life true to myself, not the life others expected of me. Number two, I wish I hadn't worked so hard. Number three, I wish I'd had the courage to express my feelings. Number four, I wish I had stayed in touch with my friends. Number five, I wish that I'd let myself be happier. So which one of those for this week can you choose? Which one can you choose? Can you work on? And then the following week, what's that one? And how can you make your life regret-free? There's always going to be things you wish you would have done differently. But at the end of your life, if we are so, so lucky to live a good long life where we have time to think about these things, what are the things that you are going to say, I'm so glad that I did that? I am so glad that I didn't go down that career path because so-and-so told me that they that I should. I'm so glad I didn't stay in that relationship because I was scared of the unknown. I'm so glad that I moved across the country to pursue that, that inkling that I had, that I needed to move to that city. I'm so glad that I never took other people's uh, comments or, you know, moments of disapproval as signs that I should stop. I'm so proud of myself that I kept going. Like, what's your legacy going to be? What are those things going to be? And what is that one thing that you could do today that will eliminate regret in the future? So thank you so much for tuning in. Um, Hop on over to amandapollock.com. Let me know what you thought about the episode. Uh, I am so, so glad that you are here, that you are showing up. Um, It is such an honor to spend this time with you. And I can't wait to be with you next week.